Hello again, and welcome to the second episode of Infrastructure, the podcast which tells you about everyday infrastructure projects across the UK and around the globe, covering anything from roads to railway to aviation and futuristic projects in the making. We always aim to be both informative and entertaining while having a good laugh along the way. I'm Martin Lamb, and this is Louis Montford. Welcome back. This week, we'll have feedback from listeners on episode one covering HS2 Houston, and then it's time to talk about the dystopian future in a mega project from Saudi Arabia called The Line. This is Infrastructure. So back again. Yep. Episode two. Yep. The line. The line. Um, how did you think? We had a good episode one, didn't we? HS2 Houston got some good feedback from that. Yeah, it was quite positive to fair, and it was it was quite a good topic to talk about and open up with. Um, and I think this is a good one to uh, follow on from that. Yeah, I think so. Obviously, we said at the beginning of each episode we're going to go back and maybe talk about some other people have said to us. So we had a text in from uh, Rick Hopkins over in Yorkshire. He said, uh, I really don't know what to say about HS2. I feel it's a huge waste of money and agree with you. Delays will inevitably even cost more. Uh, I have a feeling it will never be complete, to be honest. Uh, also mentions an interesting point on fares. I don't know if our current system could cope with the increase in demand that we would see. Well, that's the whole point of HS2, isn't it? To in, you know help with the demand. Yeah, relieve it off what well, we've got at the moment and put it onto another line yeah so which is the whole point of it anyway so looking forward to the next episode as well which was which was good as well but That's i think positive. generally other people have said the general feedback that i've had is that a lot of people think it would just never happen don't they and we maybe have further delays or curtailments along the way yeah everyone who's texting replied or or we've even spoken to have just said no one really knows the future of it um so we'll just have to wait and see and we'll definitely be coming back to it in future episodes and maybe talking about different parts of it, won't we, again? Yeah, so, it, for example, we might turn to HS2 Birmingham or just talk about the project as a whole when we know more about it, because at the moment, a little bit in the air. Yeah, and if any news breaks in the meantime, we'll definitely be coming back to it probably a bit quicker. Well, that, that yes, some shocking news. <laughs> HS2 Houston, so, um, or yeah. just HS2 as a project. As it goes on. Oh, anyway, this week we've got uh, something completely different. Most people have never heard of as well. It's a really interesting one, this, isn't it? Yeah, so um, we're talking about the line in this episode, which is a linear smart city under construction in Saudi Arabia in Neom, in the Tabuk uh, province. Its designs have no cars, no streets, and no carbon emissions. It will consist of three layers, one underground for transportation, one on the surface for pedestrians, and one underground for transport. It's 110 miles long, which is 170 kilometres, which is just crazy. That is just crazy, 110 miles. 500 metres high (laughs) and 200 metres wide, which is just strange because that, for me, puts it out of a bit of proportion. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. I mean, it's weird that. Um, Saudi Arabia claims it will create around 460,000 jobs and add an estimated 48 billion to the country's GDP. The estimated building cost currently is between 100 and 200 billion US dollars, with a true cost likely to eventually be a trillion US dollars. I mean, it's just like, this is just like, I don't know, it's like waking up and pretending it's a dream, this, this project, isn't it? No, I don't. It's one of these things you'd seen in a film, isn't it? Yeah, correct. Or an episode of Black Mirror or something. Yeah, exactly. So it's the whole thing about it being 110 miles long. That's the distance between London and Birmingham, for example. Yep. Um, so I can't get my head around a <laughs> city in a straight line. Pretty Well, in a line, for example. Not sure if it's going to curve or continue in a straight line. Yeah. Um, 
for 110 miles and everything's going to be within quite a good distance I mean that's that's the weird thing I think that it's 110 miles long 500 meters high which sounds massive but I think the weirdest thing is it's only 200 meters wide I know uh, that's not very wide at all but I suppose does the the length cope with the, the width yeah I don't know really it just seems such a weird thing and like you say in a straight line and I think it is the idea is the line so you'd assume it's going to be unless someone else is going to get out there little um you know what do you call it spirit level and make sure it's dead straight yeah 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 um but the, I suppose the stats here are just phenomenal aren't they really yeah exactly so the distance so it, it goes from the Red Sea all the way into the the city yep a city within a city what I don't understand about the whole project is why it's needed what's the purpose of it to be fair i guess i guess it's revitalizing the country or bringing more like look at a lot of these middle east countries generate massive and major projects i mean look at dubai for example yeah um oil rich countries obviously as well, well exactly so they've, they've got money and to be fair there's a lot of power behind the people in charge if they say they want something to happen it's going to happen so i feel like that's probably got a lot of weight behind it uh, and I suppose with the with the oil money, that's why I mean they, they can afford to do this, can't they? For I mean potentially a trillion US dollars. I mean that's a phenomenal amount of money. I don't has has anything cost that much before? I don't I, I don't actually know. I think this this must be. I think the, isn't it not the biggest infrastructure project ever? I think I know we're it. covering it on episode two. We're going to run out of ideas. <laughs> we're not going to go bigger next time. No, no, it's it it doesn't make sense. To be fair. Um, it, generates quite a good amount of jobs as well 460,000 jobs which is always good jobs are good because it's uh it's good for the economy but then we it might create jobs but then that creates a lot of issues regarding um what the working conditions are going to be like for the people building the project for example and what the conditions are going to be like for the people who are maybe working on the line when it's complete yeah, because they've said everything's going to be within five minutes, which you touched on a minute ago. You said five minutes of your home. So, obviously, it's on three layers. So, everything is going to be like... It's like living on... Let's say you're living on a housing estate. It's like your whole world is on your housing estate, as, as if, you know, to, to kind of compare it to, isn't it? Yeah, so the the pub is five minutes away. <laughs> yeah. The school's five minutes away. Your job's Uni- five minutes away. Yeah, university's five minutes away. The park's five minutes away. The shops are five minutes away. I feel like the purpose of you going out sometimes is for a little bit of a journey. Yeah. For example, if I wanted to go to a, a supermarket, it's not on my doorstep. And I mean, sometimes it's an inconvenience, isn't it? When you've got places to be, but yeah. I'm not sure I'd want everything five minutes away. No, it's a very interesting thing. It kind of turns the whole thing of a city, which we know as a city, I suppose, where you think we're discussing, weren't we off podcast yesterday about, you know, your city starts in the middle and everything expands outwards, doesn't it? This is like a, something expanding just very long around isn't it well it's not a traditional city is it no a city's not in a straight line and it also creates the point of a normal city gets built around so everything kind of expands outwards so what's going to happen when the line's complete and they might want to expand it are they just going to keep the line going is this going to be a line from the red sea to the united kingdom at some point yeah it just keeps going in one big thing it might actually prompt other countries to do something very similar yeah i, I agree and uh, and the fact there's three levels and we, we were working this out over a couple of beers last night of how f- quick it would go from one end to the other so the transportation so it's 110 miles long and you 20 minutes end to end and we worked out what was the speed so 110 miles long yeah um 20 minutes in journey so that's 330 miles an hour and that's incredible that's got to be some sort of we we said what sort of railway would that be underneath you maybe know? like a maglev yeah. kind of setup or something like that there's a lot with this project that 
we don't know and we don't know because the people who are designing the projects and building the projects don't know like when did when did the earthworks start martin well that's the that's what's going to come on to actually because we, we we're talking about this like it's a dystopian future but really it's already started hasn't it yeah this is not even a thing that's in the future this is now so plans were submitted back in January 2021, with Earthworks starting in October 2021. The area encompasses 10,200 square miles in northwestern Saudi Arabia, and this, as you said, is bounded by the Red Sea to the south and the Gulf of um, Aqaba to the west. Also, the other facts here, 95% of the nature will be preserved in Neom. Nine million residents expected when complete in a footprint. Now, this is the weird thing, covering just 13 square miles. I mean, it sounds tiny because it's so long, but so vast. Yeah, it's it's going to be quite dense, isn't it? Is everything going to be really tightly packed together? Well, that's together? what I'm thinking. With 200 metres apart, it's going to feel claustrophobic, maybe. I can't get my head around it. To be, it's is it one of those things that... I, I mean, I'd like to go and see when it's done, which yeah. apparently isn't that far away. No, well, apparently not, if it's uh, if it's part of this uh, Saudi vision for 2030. I mean, can they build this in seven years? There's a, left? There's a lot of things in it, though, that I didn't think would be possible. For example, these... The, the, the transportation is just crazy yeah and a lot of the like for example the the walls of the line are going to be mirrored on the outside yeah um, that's balmy generates that is. some interesting it's just strange it's very strange i mean i presume the point of that is so it blends into the desert but um but if you're walking up to it you won't see it because you'll be reflecting back potentially at behind you won't you i guess scenery. it's kind of like so you don't have a black object running through the desert because if you like certainly from my point of view if a wind windmill or wind turbine whatever you'd like to call them like some people say that eyesores don't they on the on the yeah on the landscape so you don't want something that's going to be a massive black line running for 110 miles no for the desert so i guess the mirrored outside of it is probably something that's better than just it looking a bit but, out of the place but from an engineering point of view should you have a mirror with this bright sun in the desert i mean is that a fire risk what's the set on fire though sand true i suppose not if you like do you remember like when you were a kid sometimes you got the magnifying glass and you did with the sun didn't yeah you? exactly it's that kind of a thing to create or fire. your watch or something yeah, like that that it just reflects someone's face up yeah yeah <laughs> i just wonder if yeah is it, i mean they must have thought about that but i mean i don't know really that's a, maybe a thing an obstacle to overcome i i, I feel this is become very much of a we've got an idea shall we just do it yeah and we won't work out how to do, do everything until we start building it and we'll do it as we go along well even then they've said themselves there's certain elements of this project that they don't know how they're going to do yet yeah or what's going to happen i suppose as well they're digging the earthworks in sections aren't they so they're going by section by section i don't think they're going to complete the whole earthworks and then start building i believe as they move on with the earthworks they're going to start constructing the obviously the next phase of it yeah, because as of March 2023, more than 4,500 piles were driven in Module 43. So it's being built in, in modules, reaching a peak of 60 piles per day um, from the you know the marina and then going inwards, aren't they, inland, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but already, one million cubic metres of earth is, is already being excavated every week, um, with the first elements scheduled for completion in the, I think is how you pronounce this, Sandalaya Luxury Island, which is obviously where it's starting, uh, with the first guests being welcomed in just 2024. Next year. Next year, early 2024. That's right. that's the bit they're starting off is by the marina. Do you want to live on a construction site? Well, exactly, for, but only for seven years, supposedly. But it's seven years. We can't, we can't even build a housing estate in... No. 
That's, we can't in this country, no. No, that's what I mean. Seven years to complete the whole 110-mile project. Re- reflect back on HS2. 110 yeah. miles from Houston <laughs> to Birmingham. And how many years has it been now? Uh, yeah, and, and it's another 20 to go, potentially, till it's finished in the 24 years. Yeah. Again, this goes back to... There's a lot of drive behind these, mass- this, these yeah. massive projects. Um, another thing to mention as well, actually, is the line is so long that they're having to worry about the curvature of the earth with the building. Yeah, that's a weird thing. I suppose, is that why they're building it in modules then, I suppose? Because if you build it in, like, one solid building, you'd end up somewhere with a uh, balance, wouldn't you, issue? You can't. You have to build it to curve the, the earth it's that long. Well, I suppose we've got long buildings, haven't we, in, in, in the world already? Yeah. And... I suppose over a short distance, the curvature of the Earth isn't an issue. But when you're talking about 110 miles or 170 kilometres, then, yeah, you actually are going to have to worry about something like that. So, yeah, like you said, they're building them in modules. So I'm guessing that's so they can not necessarily angle them, but they're, they're their own freestanding structure, aren't they? So they don't have to worry about any of that. No, you can kind of balance out the curvature as you go as you build each module, can't you? Yeah, so... That's another major point of the project that's a bit strange. I mean, most of it is rather, rather odd. <laughs> but also powered, uh, fully powered by 100% renewables as well, which we've not spoken about. No, that's, again, I mean, that's positive, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, but well, how would that be? I mean, would it be solar panels? I mean, it's going to be a roof to it. Do we know there's going to be a roof to this thing? Yeah, there is, a, certainly from the... The, the pictures. The images or the, I don't know, so architectural it- drawings, there's images of solar panels being on, on the roof of the, the so you're thing. going to be in a city that's fully enclosed that's 200 meters wide 500 meters tall 110 meters long is it re- renewable energy but will it be air conditioned then how does how does the the, the nature and the trees because it's full of trees in the in the pictures isn't it well actually inside. i didn't think about this it, this one thing actually if it's got a roof on it there's no outside yes air. exactly or is it going to have a roof on potentially, but have like uh, a roof maybe where there is natural air? Uh, but then it's, it's hot, isn't it? It's very hot. It's a hot area, Saudi Arabia. It's 40 plus, isn't it? Yeah. Every day. And it's in the middle of a desert, and so it's, it's going to be hot. So it's going to be hot. So you think, yes, it's going to have to be encapsulated somehow. Mm. Have they thought of this? They probably haven't thought of this yet, have they? The roof pit. Well, the entry and exit points as well. We were talking about this. How How is that going to work? I believe there's a portal at one end, isn't there? Is the yeah, to get out, you mean? Like, mm. I assume so. I mean, is it, is it, you know, like, have you ever seen the film The Truman Show? No. Oh, well, The Truman Show, because obviously it's like based on a TV show, and he opens the door at the end and just goes out to the outside world. So would you be able to open, like, one of the mirror doors and just walk out into the middle of the desert? And it's I, not, I wouldn't have thought so. This is what I mean. Are they going to expand around the line? Because surely, I, I just don't get it. I really don't get it, because you could be in the middle of the desert here. Yeah. Are you going to be able to just, like, you just said, walk out and there's, there's going to be nothing there, or... I mean, if you can get to end-to-end in 20 minutes and you've got everything you need within the line, yeah, is there any purpose to go out? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. That's a good point you make there. So you don't need outside space. If you're 20 minutes and you can be in the marina, you've got the outside space you want. So you don't have the outside space in your module, let's say, but you're 20 minutes away on that fast train and you've got a marina and beach or whatever you want down at the coast, haven't you? Yeah, and, and you have a park within a five-minute walk, if you remember. Yeah. So, so maybe that's what they're thinking. Until it's built, I don't think anyone knows it's actually going to work properly and the modules I just noticed I was saying that we're building there's 135 modules which I hadn't noticed so um, yeah 135 modules over 110 miles so each module is going to be 
under a mile long than it would be, wouldn't it? If it's uh, 135 modules over 110 miles. So yeah, just so, so it's 0.8.9 of a mile, basically. Does that mean there's going to be a school within each Mod- five module or yeah. within each walk? I'd assume so. If everything's five minutes within what you need to do, that's education, um, your food, retail, living. It's a lot of people. And also, talking about the idea of a conventional... Yeah, nine million people, isn't it, as well, potentially? Mm. Yeah. But but do you want to be that close to your neighbours? I mean, you're going to be on top of everybody, I think. Yeah, I guess very on top of each other. But you don't know until it's built because it's so long, I guess. Yeah. But even still, that's quite a lot of people compacting into one space. Yeah. And it's only 200 metres wide, so... Yeah. How big's your park going to be? Yeah, they're not going to be massive spaces, are they? No. I, 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 can't, I actually can't wait until it's built. Yeah. I mean, we're good friends, but would you, would you want to see me every day? <laughs> I don't want to see you, like, once a week. Oh, cheers, thanks. <laughs> um, no. But, uh, like, your friends, your mates, you know, that kind of thing. It's like it's like everything you'd be... You wouldn't be able to get away from anything, would you? I don't think there's any purpose either. So, for example, if you're going out your front door to the shop, there's yeah. no other purpose because you can just... oh forgotten yeah billy's medicine or whatever i need to go to pharmacy oh yeah that's only a minute down the road or i don't know i just i don't think i'd want to be five minutes away from everything no no i don't think i would either but i mean let's look at the pros and cons of both really so the pros are everything's close by we've said it's autonomous in the sense there's no cars you wouldn't have to own a car would you no, nope. well, there isn't any streets. No, oh, yeah, no streets. That's the weird thing as well. So how, you know, looking at it visually, if there's no streets and everything's on different levels, is it lifts and stuff to get up and down? Oh, yeah, because I've, I've just been picturing it in my head like it's just one block. But yeah. I suppose there is actually quite a lot of space because there's layers on layers on layers. Three layers. There's three layers. So the un- under- underground bit for the, for yeah. the transport, that's kind of cool. I like that bit. Uh, then you've got all your pipe work and infrastructure for the for the actual yeah. maintenance of the building. Then I was, that's that's your living space on top. So actually, your living space is even smaller than I thought because it's only one layer. Is it going to be like living in, like you know a, cr- a cruise ship? You've been on a, ah, like yeah. a cruise ship. Visually, it's long, isn't it? And you've got like the balconies that look inside sometimes internally into like the middle ship part of it. You know, when mm. you have like a central walkway. Yeah, yeah. So I can kind of visualise it a little bit like that. I think we might have a balcony, but you're overlooking, so they're going to be tiny rooms. I think tiny little flats. I mean, if it we're probably like um, Battersea Power Station in yeah. London, there'll be some nice places, Luxury. which are still ridiculously expensive and then there's the majorly nice places at the top which celebrities own so i guess there's going to be a few of those i mean if it's nice to look i mean if it's a nice building you won't mind looking into the line or out of the line but it's looking at sand <laughs> going to be really that <laughs> will it, have, it won't have windows though will it to look out because it's mirrored unless it's like mirrors where it's like you know you can you can look out but not look in yeah yeah one of, one of those c- concepts yeah so there's like we said, nine million people, so, and they're going to be called Neomites, I believe. Oh, they've even got their own little name. They have, because again, it's its own. Uh, some people were describing it as a country within a country, yeah, as well, because it's self self sufficient. So maybe it's it is going to be this own little loop of. It's actually in Saudi Arabia, but really, it's its own little little pod. Yeah, it's like its own country within a country. Then almost, I guess people uh, the people are definitely going to be attracted to go to this place because I assume it's going to have made like massive shopping malls and everything in it. And is each pod actually going to have everything you need in it, or mm. is there going to be one section of it, let's say section 
101, which is going to have a massive shopping mall in it and only a shopping mall in it. So are these sections going to be duplicated across or is there going to be certain areas that are going to have little things in it? And further to that, this five-minute city thing, (laughs) is there going to be intermediate stops on this transport? Oh, on the transport thing. Well, if it can go from one end to the other in 20 minutes and it's at 300 miles an hour, I can't imagine there's going to be many, but then you'd have to have stops because people intermediately on the line have got to get to the same thing. So, yeah, I presume each module would have its own stop, would it? Do you think? But the acceleration, deacceleration is going to be mental. <laughs> From 330 miles an hour. To, to zero. Because bearing in mind the, the sections aren't that long. Or maybe there's going to be its own little railway um, for each of the... like You know, like a, a fast line and then a slow line, for example. Maybe yeah. they're, they're going to... Because these things haven't been discussed about. There literally is not that much information about the whole project other than it's a line, it's going to have this in it, it's going to have that in it. There's a lot of technicalities that they're still trying to work out and it's probably going to be a good one to come back on when we know a lot more as well. The line revisited. The, the line future. revisited. Um, another thing to actually comment on is the AI section in this. Yeah, that's what I was just, uh, we were reading about. Everything will be autonomous and cashless. Artificial intelligence will monitor the city and use predictive and data modules to find ways to improve daily life of the citizens with residents being paid paid for submitting their data to the line now that's very dystopian isn't it a cashless society but also giving away your, some of your data privileges i mean we probably do that in our life anyway at the moment don't we true it's getting more like that isn't it but there's always this kind of oh i don't want to do this all this data protection it's a big thing isn't it people are still a bit um, dubious by it aren't they really yeah because of control by certain people yeah and uh, people are also worried about what ai is going to do to the human race in the future jobs taking over and stuff like that so that's another thing to and there's going to be a control room in this obviously because it has to monitor the line yeah itself so um there's going to be people watching people in this city but i suppose that's only like surveillance anyway isn't it in a normal city yeah i suppose but on a, on a much bigger scale you'd have um yeah on a much bigger scale because you'd have police and all the other usual oh, yeah this isn't this is yeah. you'd have to everything have some... in a normal city you'll have in this yeah doctor gp you need everything don't you that you'd normally have on your doorstep but well not on your doorstep but further afield when you, if you lived on a state that's what i mean so there's, there's if there's a hundred and whatever modules does that mean there's going to be a hundred and whatever like doctors doctors and, or do you get on the train to go to the next stop to see the doctor but, the, the, but then that's not surely five, within a five minute correct which is the big thing they've said isn't it yeah i mean what we're trying to do this 15 minute city in the uk aren't we so you're going to have people watching over you, I guess, and people probably have concerns about this, about um, how they're going to feel and what data they have to submit um, to people, um, especially to the line, because then that is that not controlling them or whatever. Yeah, I mean, would you be happy? I mean, how, how will they use that data as well? I mean, I know we already get like tailored advertising now, don't you? You know, when you like think about something, you look and Google something, and then you see it on Facebook, don't you, or something? And yeah, actually, but, talking into a microphone, for example, if you have a gaming setup at home, I've certainly seen things online where they've just been talking in general conversation. They've talked about, I don't know, a holiday to Tanzania. Yeah, pick a random place. And next <laughs> minute, random. they've got next minute they've got tailored ads for yeah. Tanzania. So that means that your phone's listening to a lot of what you're saying anyway. The microphone must be picking up. So really, we do have a form of AI that's already working in the background, and we're seeing it through advertising already. Yeah, and you accept cookies on websites, don't you? Yep. To allow them to track or send you tailored ad- advertisements. I mean, I do YouGov surveys, and that 
also I have to agree to I mean most of these websites you have to agree to their privacy policy in terms of conditions to let them share your data before you even access the website so we 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 already do it in our daily life anyway so how much more is it going to change is it really going to be that much different that much when different. it comes online yeah i suppose i mean it'll be a city where they know everything about you don't they do you mean do you think it'll get to the point where and, we, and again this is a bit dystopian but you could have a chip embedded into your hand potentially i mean that's pretty cool isn't it so you not just want to walk up to the supermarket just scan your hand and you've paid for something <laughs> people do that already now though don't they yeah but could you i mean what's your view on that that's what it could go to couldn't it and this kind of environment is perfect for that well yeah it's it's, it's a good test bed isn't it yeah so chip inside you that you just does everything scans you for this security your purchases it's almost like having your apple wallet but for, for everything isn't it but inside your body yeah i mean that generates its own kind of <laughs> who knows that might be a, a requirement for living in the line it could be couldn't it eventually yeah it's it's it, there's a lot of questions to be asked and it's going to be good to hear the audience feedback from this to mm. see what their, their questions will be and we'll see if we can actually find them out for before we uh, yeah. jump into the next episode. It is a really interesting one, I think, because I think the role of AI in data protection is such a, um, I don't know, it's such a hot topic as well, isn't it, at the moment? Because people are worried about being um, duped and stuff and, and scammed and uh, tracked as well. Also, if you had something that was on you, whether the, you, it's inside you or on you, like a, let's say it's a wristband or whatever, mm-hmm. you can, they're going to know where you are, aren't they, I think? Well, yeah, but I suppose it's going to be not... Well, yeah, the data surely is going to be people tracking and seeing what their movements are to generate... I don't know what would it generate like people's behavioral habits and stuff like that. So if they see more people going towards the the um, the harbor, they know people want space. No one knows how people are going to react to living in this city. Some people might like it, or it might be a complete flop. People might turn and say, "This is not what we want," because people don't have a purpose. Yeah, and and I think could you not like. become a big fat lump? Uh, in the sense of that if you everything's in five minutes i mean you just literally go into the gym you can't do any like i was going for a nice walk or something you'd have to go to the end of the line to get out to walk so could it create a very lazy a very lazy population maybe it's good for someone retiring yeah true but then if you want people working so what do the workers do you just go there to work and you just live in living quarters well they might not necessarily live in in the line true but nine million people are going to have to live in there aren't they so we'd have to generate taxes would it to think potentially well i don't get it's it's so confusing because people might not live in the line but might commute to the line i guess that's kind of like yeah a hotel yeah i'm sure there'd be a hotel in there i'm sure we'd be able to stay there because surely that'd be part oh, yeah. of it as an experience would you want to stay there i'd stay in there i don't want to live there i don't think judging on what we've discussed so far yeah and obviously well living in saudi arabia is not my kind of no, I mean, there, there's, a, there's something, yeah, the controversies surrounding Saudi Arabia's human rights record, and this is quite interesting. The Freedom House gave the country 7 out of 100 in its global uh, freedom scoring. It's terrible, isn't it? That's not good. 7 That's out of 100. I mean, do we know what the UK is? It's going to be higher than that, obviously. Oh, yeah, obviously a lot higher, but, I mean, it's terrible, isn't it, really? They're I mean, not very friendly. They're not gay-friendly. To... They're, no. you know, obviously there's the whole thing about men and women and, uh, the, you know... and Disabilities <sighs> and stuff like that. We're, we're quite good in this country, I think, when it comes to accepting people and whether that's due to who they want to be or if that's due to an inability, like a disability or something like that. So their human rights kind of... Improves. Improves with the line because um, there's going to be more tourism there, isn't there? So people aren't going to go into one to come go to a country um, where they feel either unsafe or not welcome. 
Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of people from other countries that have scored quite well on that human rights mm. scale. Let's say a country that scores 80, for example, and you're going into that country and you realise, oh, actually, I don't want to stay here now because it's not what reflects me. And being a gay man myself, would I want to stay in that environment knowing how bad the human rights record are on, on gay rights? I don't think I probably would. No. I mean, I've been to Dubai and it's been okay. Okay. But, I mean, that's been out of town. And I've not really interacted with life over there. But the, you've got to remember, there's a lot of religion behind this. And you've got to re- re- yeah. respect their religion, haven't you? And people, religion's quite powerful. And maybe that is influenced by politics a little bit as well. So... Yeah, there's there's that when it comes to it. And another thing is, going aside from that really, is prices for this for the line. What Do we know anything about property do, prices? Uh, no, but we're coming from a, a mega rich country. They're not going to be not gonna be cheap to live in, is it? Well, you say that, Bo, but what, 12 years ago in Dubai, you could buy an apartment on the, on the Palm or somewhere in Dubai for cheap. And obviously, as the country's become yeah. more popular and had a lot more funding the property prices have gone up so actually we might find property in the line is going to be really 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 cheap maybe to attract people in initially yeah well i, I mean i'd buy airbnb it <laughs> airbnb it but i'm sure there'll be a load of people trying to airbnb their yeah. apartments and people might not we don't know how, what the retention rate is going to be like people might actually just move out and own a property in the line uh. Uh, the other controversies are is that they're also going to get rid of a, a tribe called the Hawati tribe. Um, an estimated around 20,000 tribe members have got to be relocated to accommodate the development as well. Oh. Um, which is, again, not good, is it? No, I don't think they like being moved. No, but obviously it's a tribe and it's the native and I don't want to get too political, obviously, like the Australia and the Aborigines. It's a similar kind of concept, isn't it? Yeah. Moving people the, out of their homes. Well, yeah. Well, the... The thing is, this has gone through a desert where no one really has walked or been before, so you can't start disturbing people like that, surely. No. I mean, will they be offered... I mean, it's a tribe, but they live a tribe life. They're not going to want to live in, in the, the line, the are line. they? No. They'll just shuffle to another bit of sand. But, again, human rights on that, it's not good, is it? Well, no, because they'll just say, right, pack up, move on. Yep. So there's, there's not going to be any payment out there. Oh, actually, we're going to... Well, they probably don't use money. Like they don't have a money monetary system. They literally just live on the land. Well, you do. You you, you farm. You you hunt. Or... Yeah, but you're self-sufficient, aren't you? You're self-sufficient. You don't have to pop to supermarket. No, exactly. You don't need any. Of that. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't probably survive in that kind of environment, would they? No. So that they're, they're, they're moving them on. Uh, they've also questioned the environmental benefits of this as well. Uh, quite interesting. The University of New South Wales estimated that upwards of 1.8 billion tons of embodied carbon dioxide we produce just by building it. And that's so much for our 1.5 degree <laughs> Celsius yeah. target for the global warming. The line's going to add another like 0.5 on just on its own, isn't it? So actually, it's it's going to generate a lot of carbon. Surely, how how long is that going to take to offset? Obviously, the carbon emissions, how much it's saving. I know that the it's going to be self sufficient in the sense of renewable bulls, and it's going to only affect well. So I'm going to affect five percent uh, of the kind of natural natural area. Land. So the, the, they're quite big on that, aren't they? Saying uh, we're saving ninety five percent of the, the Na- natural land. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to be fair, five percent over one hundred and ten miles isn't that much. No, it doesn't it? sound a lot because it's very long rather than really wide, isn't it? Yeah. So actually, yeah, that's that's true. The five percent is probably 
the line itself. Just the space Because they're not building up. out of it, are they? And they're probably basing that statistic off a normal city, how a normal city grows out mm. on itself. But, 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 terrible, but terrible stats there, I think. That, yeah, okay, 100% renewable. So let's say solar powers. Um, obviously, not going to be much wind in the desert, so we can't be using wind farms. But, yeah, it's going to take maybe it's a lifetime to, to, to offset that, I think, 1.8 billion tonnes. Yeah, well... Scary, that is a scary stat. That I, I, guess, I guess moving away from oil and stuff uh, probably helps with their carbon goal. Hmm. Because um, obviously, if we if we're trying to use renewables across the country more, mm. their carbon kind of footprint goes down anyway. So and livability, there was the other controversy. Uh, an associate professor of architecture, Marshall Brown at uh, Princeton University, has said this about like we're talking about the the concept of a city. It will challenge the traditional flat horizontal cities and create a model for nature preservation, enhance human livability. However, according to experts, the livability claims would rest on how the city is maintained, and these images project a degree of control which is very difficult to retain, especially over a period of time, even in a very autocratic society. So that's saying it's, it's only going to be livable if it's kept up to a good standard, potentially, and nobody knows what that's going to be. No, this you don't you don't know until it's built. I guess the first section yeah. is going to be quite a good. It's going to give you an idea of how how the whole project actually is going to pan out in the first place. But they're they're moving in in less than a year. I know. And what about the mental health potential of it as well? Like because we don't know what the long term effects of living in that kind of city is. There could be a massive anxiety driven mental health, couldn't there? Could be a load of that as a result of living in this place. Feeling confined, not much purpose. Claustrophobic. Claustrophobic. Yeah. Well, God. There is a, a lot. There is a lot, isn't there, to think about how living there could impact you as a person. But you might you might live in the line and not work in the line, on the line. No, but, line. but if your life is the line, five minutes from your neighbourhood for everything, Yeah. to me, it's becoming a little bit robotic, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, people are, are going to live in the line and work elsewhere because you'll have, like, pilots, I guess, people yeah. who work on... But you won't fly. You won't fly in there, will you? I presume you, everything has to go from do to marina, and then you'd go into the line, don't you, by the train? Because it's supposed to be well eco-friendly, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, actually. So you've got one entry. It's going to be quite busy. That one entry. entry yeah, point. I can't imagine there's an exit the other end of it. I assume, but maybe like an emergency. What about what about a fire? We're not you know. What happens if there's a fire? There must be emergency exits scattered about. Mm. Yeah. Again, we don't know anything about we this. Don't do we? There's but too many questions. There is quite a lot of questions, and that probably brings us to quite a good conclusion, summary. really. I mean, I'm trying to think what I think of it, really. I mean, I think the design, for me, is personally, I think it's cool. It sounds really cool. I love the concept, I suppose, the dystopian future. Um, I like the fact everything probably is close by, but would I want to live in it? Would I want everything on my doorstep? Do you want to see everybody every day? The mental health negativity for it, for me, I think for me it would be a no. I wouldn't want to live in it. It's a cool project, isn't it? Yeah. And I guess my opinion will be based on how successful it is and what, what the vibe is. But based on what we know today, would you live there full-time? It's, it's not got what I want in it. No. I mean, I suppose someone would say, what else do you want in the city? A good railway. Well, yeah. Well, we like trains anyway, but... I mean, based, I mean you've got an underground, essentially, a maglev. But... Yeah. Do that a few times and you'll be bored. Bored, yeah, yeah. I mean, like hobbies and interests and things. It's like if your hobbies are like, I'm assuming it'd have like, um, if you like football, have a pitch. If you like tennis, would it have a 
tennis court, or, you know. Yeah, well, how about, you'd have to still commute outside of the line to go to certain stuff, though, wouldn't you? I think so, yeah. Like, if you want to go and watch football or cricket... Yeah, or flies. Not, they can't host a tournament in the line, no. surely. Well, not a well, this is the thing. They might actually start building stuff around the line, and then that... That just generates a normal city again. <laughs> what was the point in the first place? Yeah, so... Oh, dear. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely one I think we need to keep uh, keep looking at and uh, as hopefully more information comes in to come back to. Yes, we'll uh, we'll see. And it, this is important for your, your say, I guess. I mean, yeah, your opportunity to tell us what you think about today's topic. Uh, what's your view on the line? Would you live or not want to live in a city like this? Would you love having everything within five minutes of your front door? Would you want to share your data and the role in which AI will play in that? And the controversies in building the thing, you know, with um, in, you know, removing inhabitants um, and all those kinds of things and the carbon offset. Uh, also, feel free to suggest any infrastructure topics to cover in future episodes. And how do people get in touch, Louis? Um, you can send us your text on 07520 633 522 or email us at podcast. No, it's podcast at infrastructure.co.uk. Get is... my own email right. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, podcast at infrastructure.co.uk. And we'll read out some of the best ones on the next episode again, won't we? Yeah, we definitely will. Thanks for listening to our latest edition of Infrastructure with Louis and Martin. It's been a fascinating episode talking about the line the good and the bad. In the next episode, we'll be talking about East-West Rail. Oh, exciting. Back to the railway. Back to the railways. I feel like we're going to... That's going to be a common theme I with this podcast. I think so. We love railways so much, yes. But yes, thanks again. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll uh, see you again soon. Yeah, we'll have another episode in a couple of weeks' time. So yeah, bye from me. Bye-bye. See ya. See ya.